let's do our intro, Charlie. <laughs> Charlie is very tired today. <laughs> yeah. Charlie will only be speaking in third person about Charlie himself Charlie will tonight. not be speaking oh in third person or I will kick Charlie's ass. Okay. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Okay. Hi, welcome to Spin, the drunk special interest podcast where we get drunk and talk about our special interests, featuring me, Charlie, and, and also Mary. And me, Mary. And our special guests, uh, how do we... How, do you want us to call you Hedgy or Charles? Uh, yeah. What do you want? Whichever works for you guys, mostly, because I think it might get a little confusing with Charlie and Charles, oh, but... Yeah, I called you Hedgy at the end of the last episode, so... Oh, sweet. We're gonna go with Hedgy. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty. That That's always fun when everybody knows you by your internet username. <laughs> okay, so what are we having you on to talk about, Hedgy? Oh boy, we are talking about the Greek gods and the absolute uh, mess of their family drama, basically. So Nice. I'm so nice. glad that I'm drinking wine tonight. It feels weirdly appropriate it for is. The, the Greek <laughs> god episode. <laughs> I have some elderberry semi-sweet wine, and it's great. <laughs> and I have the same shitty beer I've been drinking for this entire show, and some Bueno bars. Yep, Please. chocolate. Pomegranate over here. Okay. I do right, apologize if go. there is going to be, like, paper shuffling, because I have written down notes, because otherwise we'll, we will be in an ADHD nightmare. Damn. Oh my gosh, that's so professional. <laughs> like, it's not okay. really. It's like a mess. Okay, I was listening back to the episode that we recorded with Kat the last two the last two episodes. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. And it just struck me that like so much of the stuff that I say on this show is like because I'm drunk and I'm not doing my best to be rigorous about it. So much of it's just blatant misinformation. And so we just <laughs> want to put matter. a disclaimer out. If you are listening to this show, if you have listened to past episodes of this show, everything I say is bullshit. <laughs> like, <laughs> everything Mary has ever said in her whole life is wrong. That's true. That's true. As someone who has lived with her for most of her life, I can to... confirm. Oh, boy. You're not allowed to quote me on anything ever. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, like 97% of what I say is bullshit, too, so... Doesn't matter. For the most part, I'm not so sure how much of this information is correct. Because yeah. it's it's a mess. You need to have like a scholarly like PhD or something to be able to understand half of this shit. <laughs> Mythology be like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where are we starting? What's oh, the, boy. like are we starting with one story or um, all of well, the stories? Actually, I kind of like the one thing that you guys did last time, which is. Um, you guys kind of try to describe things. Um, mostly what I'm, I guess to start off is that what do you guys know about like the Olympians at least? Like the, each of them and whatnot. Just like a quick fast thing. I mean, I feel like I know kind of a lot about them, but only from like a storytelling perspective. Like, did you do the Greek mythology unit in sixth grade with Mrs. Sharbarth? Mary, I don't remember anything about my childhood. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Never mind. I remember, I definitely remember we had a whole, like, semesters-long unit on the Greek myths. And obviously, um, I know Persephone and Hades nice. much better than, like, the rest of them, just because Hades Town is, like, yeah. popular and cool right now. <laughs> yeah. We'll probably talk about that at some point. Oh, yeah, good. that's like your favorite thing, isn't it? I don't know a lot about Greek mythology, but I know that there are some like similarities and parallels to Roman mythology, and I do know mm-hmm. things about that because I studied Latin for five and a half years. Yeah, fair enough. So, yeah. <laughs> Not that I remember any of it. <laughs> but yeah, um, so you named two of them at least, Mary, which yeah. surprisingly are not actually. So with... um. Greek mythology, for one thing, everything gets squiggly almost immediately because each city-state in ancient Greece was kind of its own thing, but together at the same time. So you had what is called, like, Greek cultus, which is basically the cults. So each, everything is slightly different. Like, there's actually a variation that's called the Orphic myths and the Orphic um, 
kind of, I guess, timeline, you can say, where, like, people, like, the Greeks have different, like, um, oh boy, sorry, already this is not going well. Uh. Okay, well, how about, um, because I do feel like, like, I'm sure you definitely know way more about this than I Mm -hmm. do, but maybe, like, I can talk for a short while about what I do know about this, and Charlie doesn't, and the two of us can make fun of him. Oh, no. No, Charlie just heckles. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we could start at, like, uh, the thing that I want to know about Greek mythology is, uh, what's the deal with Zeus and Hera? Oh, boy. And, like, where did they come from, and why are they, um, the way that they are? Oh, all right. Um, one thing I guess we should probably, like, just kind of a, kind of another disclaimer and a preface to all of this is that, um, there is going to be some not-so-great talking about, mm, uh, incense and, no, incest? No, yes. Um, and other stuff like that. For the most part, I'll try not to like go into great detail, mostly because it makes me uncomfortable as well. So, I love the gods, but the um, the people that they came from were a shitty people. Ooh. Um, so, Mary can, I guess, start a little bit, and then I will definitely get to what you were asking, Charlie. Okay, I'm gonna... Shotgun the rest of my beer. <laughs> gonna shotgun the beer. I'm kidding. I'm mostly kidding. <laughs> All right, I'm but... just gonna finish this. Okay, I mean, cool. I'm almost second. done with my first glass of wine too. So, oh, nice. Hail Dionysus. Hail Dionysus. Am I allowed to do that? <laughs> yep. If you cool. want to. <laughs> yeah. He's the wine one, and also mm-hmm. the gender one. Yes! That's all I know about Dionysus: wine and gender. <laughs> I will probably get into that, but. Okay, so my first beer is mostly gone. I have a teeny tiny bit left, but okay. So, (laughs) (laughs) excuse me. (laughs) Okay, so my understanding of the Greek pantheon is that first there were like two primordial gods, and one of them was named Kronos, which is the god of time. And then Kronos had a whole bunch of sons who were titans, but then the titans were evil, so he banished them to the underworld. And then all of the other gods, like, came out of him somehow. Like, (gasps) I think Aphrodite or someone came from him. No, one of the, the Greek god of wisdom came from his skull. (laughs) And then they all intermarried with each other and had children. And the Olympic pantheon came from them, and... The only other gods I know specific things about are Hestia, who's the goddess of the fireplace and the hearth and the home, and um, Hades, who is the god of the underworld, and Persephone, who is his wife, and then um, Ares is the god of war? Yeah. I know Poseidon. He's the one who's a merman. (laughs) Everyone draws him as a merman. He's just the ocean guy. That's good shit. And Athena is the god that is... Odysseus's friend in Athena is the goddess of wisdom. Yes, but she's, she's also represented by an owl. But sometimes. she's also friends with Odysseus. Like I didn't Odysseus, know that. excuse me, Odysseus calls on her for help like all the time. Or maybe it's not Odysseus. One of the people in the Homeric stories huh? calls on Athena for her help all oh, the time. Oh yeah, you know mythology through the the epics and stuff. Yeah, I never read little, any of the epics. <laughs> I never read the epics either. I'm it's. <laughs> so okay, stuff. okay, I read the Aeneid, but I didn't read it in English. I translated it from Latin, which means I absorbed exactly zero of what it was about. <laughs> there's, a new trans- there's a new translation of the Odyssey out by Emily Wilson, Ooh. and this is the first translation of the Odyssey that's been done by a woman. Ooh. And I got a copy of it for Christmas, and I haven't read it yet, but I'm super excited to because I love the Odyssey, but something I don't love about the Odyssey is how Odysseus's sleeping around is kind of just taken for granted as a facet of the culture, mm. and isn't explored as something that, like, informs who he is as a person. Mm. So I'm kind of excited to see what this woman translator does yeah. with that. That's really interesting. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so um, because each of the, um, there's different cults, and the main cult, of course, is the Olympians, which is the few which you mostly have named so that's Zeus and Hera who is the um the the king of the gods and the queen of the gods 
Uh, Poseidon, of course, Artemis, and Apollo. So Artemis is um, usually attached to the moon, and Apollo is actually, um, in different myths, is either the sun or Helios is the sun. Um, And then, see, I know about Helios. I've heard of that one. uh, Yeah, Helios gets mentioned a lot in like pop culture and whatnot. Um, Mm -hmm. Hephaestus is the smith of Olympus. He's I, Mary's excited. Oh, <laughs> I, I recently kind of learned about him a bit more. Um, and then, of course, there's Hermes, Aphrodite. There is Demeter, who is Persephone's mother, uh, Athena, Ares. And then, of course, Dionysus is added in there. And the funny thing is, is that Hestia isn't usually listed in the Olympians because she used to be part of the Olymp- like the Olympians kind of the idea and then she stepped down to allow Dionysus onto the kind of like I wouldn't say council but like she stepped down and she started just to attend the hearth of like Olympus effectively and Dionysus took her place question mm-hmm. I'm raising my hand yes um <laughs> what is Demeter the goddess of because I have heard that name in another piece of fiction and I'm curious what the connotations are so Demeter is the um goddess of agriculture and grain oh. so her daughter is Persephone um which actually she doesn't get the name Persephone until she is married to Hades Originally, her name is Kor, which effectively means maiden, um, kind of tying into, like, per past episode when Mary mentions Epitaphs. A lot of the names of the gods happen to mean something, so Persephone is the one that kind of has one name and then it changes <clears throat> to another. Um, and, and does Persephone have a different meaning, then? Um, I actually am not quite sure what that is. For what I know, I think it might have something to do with Queen. Um, but the other thing that got me was, for me, epitaphs are a mixture of, like, the names, and, of course, I didn't even think about, like, the storytelling aspect, but as, um, surprise for any viewers that might not know, I am actually a worshiper of the gods, so when we use epitaphs in our, um, current, uh, time, it means to kind of, like, get the attention of the gods in some way, so, like, I'm going to use, let's say, um, like, you're walking down a street kind of idea, and then you hear someone say, hey, you. It's like, okay, that could be me, or that could be someone else on the street. You might not even, like, turn to mention. But if someone goes, hey, you, Charlie, or hey, you, Mary, you're going to, like, look up and maybe look over. But it might also not be you. And then you add on, hey, you, Charlie, with the glasses, (laughs) <laughs> and ah, that makes sense. It effectively is layers upon layers. So it's like the you are calling this person and they know that you are the one that you're they are talking to. But also for the fact of Persephone is the big one because she has these two aspects of Kor and Persephone. Um, when you call Persephone, you are not usually calling the springtime lady that's of flower growth because of like... She brought spring when she was reunited with her mother kind of idea. Uh But if you call Persephone, you're kind of more calling, hey, married to Hades, like, goddess idea. Nice. That That actually makes a lot of sense. And um, (laughs) when you said, hey, you, Charlie, with the glasses, the first thing that came to mind was, actually, when I was in grade school, (laughs) there were three or four people with the same name as me. So they were always like, hey, you, insert name here, you, the weird one, was what I always got. Because the other two were very popular, and I was not. (laughs) So thank you for reminding me of that. I think I'm going to start using that now. That's highly cursed. I'm using that to my advantage. (laughs) Hey, you, Charlie with the glasses. Yeah. But yeah, the same kind of idea, like, when, like, each, um, because the same thing with, like, modern worshippers, sometimes they're their version of a god is different than like the um version of someone else's same thing with like how charlie was saying like dionysus is the one of gender not a lot of people actually believe that it's mostly um trans and um gender non-conforming worshipers that really kind of get that one so it's kind of the idea of like oh if i'm like calling you for like body dysphoria it's like dionysus um woman of angles and man of curves like i am calling for this specific reason and not oh 
Dionysus of drunken madness kind of idea. Oh, nice. I mean, I'm down for both versions of Dionysus, <laughs> TBH. Oh, Hit me yeah. up. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a good comparison because, like, I feel like it's on the tip of my tongue what this calling someone based on what you want them for is like. It's like when you call someone that you know in several different settings on the phone and you start out by going, yo, fuck face. You know probably that they're not calling you for a business matter. Yeah, basically. You know what I mean? That is a good example. Thank you. And that's one thing that I also find interesting. Like, again, I'm not, I don't really focus on tales of the, um, I don't focus on, like, the the epics and whatnot of mortals for the most part, mostly because it just doesn't interest me. But, like, how mm-hmm. you mentioned that um, Odysseus, like, sleeps around kind of idea, like, I find that really interesting because, as some people might be aware, Aphrodite is a the goddess of love, but because of that... She is shown to be to be making a lot of other offspring with different gods and um, sorry and nymphs and mortals and whatnot. Despite the fact that she's married to um, Hephaestus, and mm-hmm. one thing that I find interesting is there is literally a myth in which she in which um, Hephaestus makes a golden net of like chains to catch Aphrodite and Ares as they're sleeping together in their bed because she's cheating on him and literally all that he does is he catches them in this net and literally calls everyone in Olympus to like come and laugh at them like look here here's the cheater this is a shameful thing that you're doing don't do this kind of moral story that's incredible is that really like the moral the like they have okay but if they have the moral posi- if the gods have the moral position it's bad to sleep around why does zeus get away with it alrighty like- so this is um so one thing that is always kind of um good to remember is that i'm going to mention christianity here cuz this is the main thing that i can men- that i can think of to compare when you talk about the bible it's usually talked about that oh it's the word of god this is all from god and so on and so forth when you talk about the myths it is very much stated that this is written by people it is not Um. written by the gods kind of idea no this is written by poets this is written by homer and so on and so forth so a lot of you can definitely look at it and it's like a lot of the myths aren't necessarily stuff that the gods have quote unquote supposedly done but, like, it's showing stuff of the culture, but also of the ideas. So Zeus is described as the father of the gods. And because of that, that means that all the gods have to some to some degree have lineage to Zeus. A lot of the people that um, Zeus sleeps with actually happened before Hera, despite the fact that a lot of myths show Hera getting pissed about the fact that, oh, you had a child with someone that isn't me kind of idea. She gets mad because she is the goddess of marriage and the sanctity of marriage, if Zeus is sleeping with other people, means that she has to get angry at him for kind of disobeying that that sanctity kind of idea. So like they uh the gods in the story in the stories are more like playing out roles assigned to them by human culture and not so much are expressing like what they truly are like Mm -hmm. is what you're saying and also the kind of idea of certain like again like i said kind of at the beginning the greeks were not a great people these were conquerors these were people who did kind of have that culture of of um like i unfortunately had to read a thing where like when kids were like growing up you would go to see a mentor but it also mentions that there might have been things happening with said mentor it's like ooh, what are you doing but like so it's a it is a mixture of like these gods have these like these reasonings and these ideas like zeus being the uh, the god of fatherhood has to have kind of a lot of children is the idea one thing that is hard to that sometimes gets lost and if you only know the the myths is that in greek culture they were actually looked at as the like the 
kind of the model of what you wanted to be. Like, he was actually described as a faithful spouse, despite the fact that the myths show him as sleeping around with other people. Same thing with Hera. She's depicted as also the highest, um, like, the depiction of what you want to be as a mother and as a wife. And the same kind of idea comes when people get all up in arms about um, Persephone and Hades is because they don't understand the fact that the abduction of a Persephone, which in one or two like Renaissance paintings was called the rape of Persephone, but that when translated actually just meant abduction because mm-hmm. the wedding, um, oh, the wedding customs in ancient <clears throat> Greece, you didn't leave your house like as a woman. You stayed in the home that you were born in. You were actually segregated from the men in your house, surprisingly. And when your husband came along, your father agreed for it. And it was an abduction where they take the bride from the house in a cart and take her to her new home. So she's being abducted from her old house. And it actually has a lot of um, similarities and comparisons to the funerary rites of taking um, like a dead body from a house to the graveyard kind of idea. And so the people of that household mourn the bride as she leaves because they are no lo- she's no longer in their life, which is the reason why Demeter mourns Persephone's um, departure with Hades and the reason why the earth goes into effectively um, winter is the idea. That's super cool. Yeah, and that's I'm, really interesting. I'm really glad to know that. Like, I like that. <laughs> okay. Uh, backing up a little bit, mm-hmm. so uh, I don't know how to phrase this in a non-impertinent way, so <laughs> please oh, forgive me for that. Um, That's all right. You, as um, someone who worships these gods, um, where do you, like, turn to to, like, get, like, do you have, what sources do you have that aren't these myths? Because, like, these are the only exposure that most people have to these gods is like the old Greek myths. So like, how do you build a connection with these um, uh, beings that you don't have like any, like if that's the only way to connect with them is to read those stories, I feel like it would be kind of alienating and it would have died out by now. So there must Mm -hmm. be like somewhere else that you go to turn to, to build that relationship. Where do you do that? What a lot of people do is that they look at it differently because Yes, in the original myths, um, Zeus kind of did some... There is a woman that he seduced in the form of a swan, and that's like, what the hell are you doing, Zeus? I um, have heard that story. That oh, boy! Interesting. <laughs> um, do we want to tell that story? Because that was fun. I actually... Here's, and that's the other thing that I was going to point out, is that for some people, when those myths are actually really uncomfortable... Either you disregard it entirely or you kind of be like, okay, that's over there, but I'm not going to like pay attention to it kind of thing. Um, And that is basically, I actually don't know much beyond the base of he seduced a woman as a swan. Um, And Iconic. (laughs) (laughs) Or what you do is what some people are doing right now is um, they do retellings of um the the original myths so um one way that they usually connect to a god if they like again like the fact that zeus goes around and whatnot um you usually find the aspects that you like of that deity and then you go off of um what we know that the ancients did to worship them and worship that aspects that you like so for me it's Dionysus as a, um, he was actually struck mad by Hera because she was pissed that Zeus slept with his mother, uh, Samil. And effectively, so she struck him with madness and he wandered the countryside effectively mad out of his mind until he was helped. And because of that, because of that madness, he is attributed to mental illness. So, and he's also mm-hmm. attributed. And because wine, when you drink it, and alcohol, when you drink it, allows you to do things that you wouldn't do before. Like, it brings away inhibitions. He's called the liberator. So he 
takes people from their chains of liberation of like self um what's the word of self-consciousness and because of that like you you can get better kind of idea you have more confidence in yourself and that's where i built off of it effectively and then of course you look at what the ancients did um which was usually um offerings of libations which is pouring out drinks I, i'm raising see my i know that i know that we did that as like a, a ritual thing in latin class one time where we got grape juice and um poured out libations to the Roman yes! gods. sorry i'm banging my table this is great but yeah <laughs> Um, and of course... <laughs> yeah, that's a fun time. And then of also, there's... question. Um, am I to interpret from, from Hera getting mad at Dionysus that Dionysus is Zeus's kid? Because yes. I did not know that. So, effectively what happened there, we'll get to um, worshipping and whatnot later. What happened there was Samil is, is, again, a different myth. If you look at the Orphic tradition, Dionysus is actually the son of Persephone. Oh, cool. Uh, but I like the Samil because it makes Dionysus also a demigod because she was a mortal. So he slept. So Zeus slept with Samil um, for whatever reason, just found her pretty and whatnot, and um, came to her as like a mortal man. And Hera found out about this. And of course, Hera being like, nope, this isn't going to work. She disguises herself as either an old lady or a nurse of Samil. And basically, Samuel is talking. It's like, oh, yes, this man, he's so nice, and I'm pregnant now. And he says he's Zeus, and oh, that's, like, so attractive or something. I, I'm so sorry, Samuel, I'm making her sound like an airhead. Um, <laughs> but, and then Hera's like, are you sure? How would you know that it's Zeus? And that places doubt in Samil's mind of maybe it's not Zeus. So, of course, Zeus comes to her, as he usually does, and Samil's like, I am troubled. And Zeus is like, I can see that. I will do anything to make it so you're not troubled. And one thing that is in Greek um, culture at the time is that if you swear on the river Styx, which is the river that surrounds Hades, or the underworld, rather, that you have to cross, mm -hmm. it is like unbreakable oath. It's like you would oath, like you, some people do it to devote themselves to a god completely. Um, but you swear a, an oath on the river sticks. It's like, I swear on the sticks that I will do anything to calm your mind. And so she tell she's basically like, I don't believe you're Zeus. I want you to show me undoubtedly that you were Zeus. Zeus sits there like shit. <laughs> <laughs> I can't not show you because you're telling me to show you that I'm Zeus. I can't not do that because I've done this. So he shows himself to her, which because go mortals can't look upon God, she just erupts into flame effectively. Oh for, the most part, shit. for the most part, the moral of the story is don't fall in love with God and never have a God fall in love with you. So um, Dionysus is not born, by the way. So Zeus is like, oh, shit. So he takes the unborn child and sews him into his leg. I remember that story. <laughs> I have not heard this particular story this. before. But what I'm, what I'm taking away from this is you can't look at the gods because they're too hot and you're yes! on fire. But <laughs> um, also, this is great. But also the imagery of taking the unborn child and sewing it into <laughs> their side is like some trans metaphor shit. Honestly, like, so that's the other thing is that... Um, that explains a lot about Dionysus, doesn't yeah! it? Yeah! Okay, I'm actually gonna get there, but oh man, oh man, oh, okay, alright. So basically, he gets sewn up into Zeus's th thigh, and this creates the epithet later on of twice born. Because mm. technically he was born of the flames of his mother and then born out of the thigh of Zeus. He's actually also... Uh, another epithet is two mothers, which is then calling Zeus his mother. So oh, that's in, cool. in this variation of myth, he, when finally Dionysus is born, uh, Hera's pissed because, uh, excuse me, I tried to get rid of this kid and I got rid of your, like, lover. What the hell? To hide Dionysus, he gives Hermes Dionysus to go hide him, do something with him, just get rid of him, make sure that Hera doesn't find him. In one of the myths, and this is where the gender thing starts coming in, he is given to Samil's sister, I know, and the king Thathrax, I can't remember his name, it's all, it's, he's a king. Um, okay. And effectively, they bring her, um, Dionysus to 
I know. And Hermes instructs them, you have to hide him and bring him up. And so they dress him as a girl. And Dionysus is then raised as a girl instead of a boy. And this is the main myth that people latch on to because as a lot of the um, people are um, assigned female at birth worshippers, this is something that they absolutely feel of the I was brought up as a girl, but I am like the thing that made me fall in love with this is that someone was writing a thing. It's like you heard whispers of the son of Zeus and knew that was you. Despite the fact a relatable that mood. Yeah. So <laughs> I love this. Thank you so much. <laughs> I know. It's the one thing that made me really fall in love with Dionysus. And so, of course, um, Hera finds out, as you probably can imagine, and strikes Dionysus mad, and then he goes goes into ow. Goes and does his wandering, effectively. Um and shoot, my brain's a little fudged. The other reason why people see him as a god of gender is that the beardless, um, sleek I, youth in Greek mythology, probably for us twink, um, <laughs> is seen Dionysus as... Dionysus is a twink, hashtag confirmed. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is not how I would have pictured him if you hadn't told me that. Here's That's the thing. Late. That's so funny. He is usually depicted as that. Apollo also is sometimes, so a lot of people like to kind of put some stuff on Apollo, I would have had canned as a (laughs) (laughs) Like, But um, (laughs) basically, Dionysus um, is kind of depicted as that. And because androgynous was kind of on the place of outsiders and whatnot, it wasn't actually seen as great, per se, because there is a lot of... um, theater that actually makes fun of Dionysus for looking kind of womanly, which sucks. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, there is actually like a play in which Hercules as like in Hades dead makes fun of Dionysus for looking like a woman. Dionysus is like, what the fuck, dude? Um Rude. Rude. But um so it's also the that as the gender thing. Though he is also depicted as bearded and hair and whatnot with like um, a Schrodinger's twink. twink. He's either a twink or a bear, and someone observe him. That's the other thing is that he's also described as an immigrant because he went around while he was mad. He went through and also getting better. He went through Asia, and and this is the myth that I actually start having issue with because I look at them going, hmm, conquer Greece. He goes to India and Asia and whatnot and brings the vine. So he brings wine, and he brings winemaking and drunkenness and whatnot. And literally the myths tell, like, the translations that he brings civilization and worship to uh, Asia. Yeah, that's not great. "Mm, I don't like that. So, like, it's stuff that, like, you kind of look at when you decide that you might want to worship someone, or the, not someone, a god, and Mm -hmm. you kind of be like, okay, I see that in your myth, but I don't feel that kind of idea. Mm -hmm. And so... You look at which depictions are good and which ones suck, and you're like, okay, I'm keeping this one. Locks it up in a tiny (laughs) chest and puts it in your pocket. Basically! It's kind of the same idea, like, um, and, because, again, like, Dionysus has that that variation of madness and he is like the reason why is another reason of madness is you get drunk enough and you start doing weird shit yep (laughs) canon is true (laughs) yep so that's one of the things that like so because of that you have that and he's also the um god god of ecstasy because again of dropping your inhibitions and feel the rain on your skin but um no (laughs) (laughs) basically like he would bring people like women would run from their homes go to the mountains and go and have orgies effectively when women were supposed to stay home stay veiled that's another thing is that ancient greek culture had women actually veil their hair um, they also had to be fully dressed. Meanwhile, their male counterparts are running around in, like, a simple, like, shift, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So, or like they would go to the gymnasium and be completely naked there. That too. Which is like a public space, but they were completely naked there. Yeah, I've heard things about the ancient Greek and or ancient Roman baths. Oh, <laughs> and, yes. Uh, oh, golly. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yes, exactly. And um, <laughs> gotta get all covered up in oil. No. Please stop. We're talking about the Greeks, and especially Dionysus. We can't not get horny. I'm sorry, you cut out there. We couldn't hear what you said just then. Oh, whoops. I, I was saying that um, we are talking about the ancient Greeks, and especially Dionysus. We can't not get horny. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, but Dionysus okay. is inherently horny. Literally every art I've ever seen of Dionysus is like a dude wearing a leopard skin like cloak yes. that's like half off his shoulder mm-hmm. with like, he's like a, a like a weird a chubby dude and uh, is surrounded by ladies and also fawns for some okay. reason. <laughs> like half deer people. Yes, so those are um, satires. That's my aesthetic. <laughs> yeah, so the main ads, I think, is how you say it is Dionysus's followers and these are the women that are go around in ecstasy and whatnot but they are also depicted as tearing apart living animals limb from limb and like eating raw meat kind of idea and they're also with the satires who are like incredibly horny like goat people effectively who happen to be the sons of Hermes that's one of their epithets is son of Hermes because horny goat people (laughs) (laughs) because Voiced by Danny okay, the depiction, because there is very early on in the animated Hercules, like, whatnot, is there is a depiction of Zeus and Hera, and as you might, I don't know if you remember, but Zeus and Hera was very happy, she wasn't seen as spiteful and whatnot, mm-hmm. and, like, they were a, a very happy family. That also made it so uh, Hercules was fully god-born and not a demigod, mm-hmm. which is interesting, but, like, a lot of people were like, she's a jealous bitch. It's like, well, no, she's not really. And mm. But the other thing that I noticed as I was looking up Hercules and whatnot, I realized something. Phil, that's the little satire guy's name from her, the okay. animated thing, Hercules. I, I couldn't is, remember if she had a name or not. Is a mixture of based off of the satires, which also followed um, Dionysus around. They were incredibly horny guys that just drank a lot and also always had erect penises. As I was looking for statuary, I tried what? to buy. Yes. If you look up, I wouldn't suggest it, but if you look up stat. Um, Sat- I think Stat-her? I'm sorry. I'm really sorry to have to correct you, but I think the word is pronounced satyrs. Satyr. Thank you. No, trust mm-hmm. me. That is one of my like. One thing that I had an issue with is that whenever I look up like the gods and whatnot, for the most part, it's like I don't know how to pronounce that. My brain doesn't know how to pronounce that. It goes void, fish, static, like whatnot. <laughs> I totally feel and you. I- so basically, for the most part, I literally had to be like, oh wait, I have to say these people's names. I won't be able to. And I had to look up how to like pronounce it like videos. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, so that's how you say Hephaestus. Oh, yeah. But, um. Phil from Just what I know of 359, then you'll know how to pronounce the festivals. Oh, okay, I see. Um, but um, Phil actually, I think, might be slightly in looks based off of Salinus or Salinus. He is a mentor of Dionysus who is older than the satire satars, satyr, satyrs. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is depicted as kind of chubby, balding head, and he's always with him. He's like Dionysus' BFF, and mm-hmm. he wanders around sometimes so drunk that he has to be carried by a donkey. But the, <laughs> big the one thing that I'm a big fan of is that, like, literally Dionysus loves this dude, and not in, like, as, like, a father figure kind of thing, because he was around, whatnot, and effectively um, one of the myths is that Salinus gets, like, lost as Dionysus is going through. And King, you might recognize this name, King Midas finds him. And so, and he recognizes him because one of the things that in Greek mythology is every place had a cult, effectively, because every place had a different type of myth. Mm -hmm. Well, they had also the Mysteries, which was an initiatory um, religion and idea that usually focused on an afterlife. 
there was a Dionysus one, and then there was also one for Demeter and Persephone, because Persephone goes through her, not really life-death cycle, but she goes to the underworld during the winter and comes back up during the spring kind of idea. So they were both part of the mysteries at some point, and Midas is like, yo, dude, it's so nice to see you again. It's been years, and he throws him like kind of a party. He's very hospitable to him, which is a big thing in ancient Greek culture, is actually being really kind to your guests to a point of like, you don't let them walk over you, but you literally give them almost everything. Mm-hmm. That's an important uh, theme in the Odyssey. Yeah. I can't remember the Greek name. That's my other issue. Is I literally can't remember half the Greek names. I just translate it. So it's hospi- hospitality is mm-hmm. one of like the Delphi maxims. And basically Dionysus goes, where's my dude? He's disappeared. So he goes and finds him and finds him in like Midas's like castle effectively. And he's really happy that this dude didn't lock him up because the other thing that's been happening as Dionysus is spreading the fact that, yo, yeah, I'm a god. Um, people have been imprisoning him or trying to sell him as a slave and so on and so forth. So he's really happy about this. And he basically does the same thing. It's like, hey, Midas, I really appreciate what you've done. I, I'm going to give you a gift. Would, what would you like? And Midas, being the greedy little bitch he is, be, goes, make everything I touch turn to gold. Oh and Dionysus gosh. goes, Welp, okay then. And that's how you get the Midas oh touch my gosh. story. I can't believe that's Dionysus's fault. Oh, oh yes it is. Jesus Christ. Which is the reason why I don't ask Dionysus for nothing. <laughs> he will take it too literally. Um, Dionysus will fuck you up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he will. Um Good so, to know. I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> okay, the thing the thing about the Satyr story is that okay. Did you ever read the Song of Achilles? No. Do you know anything about, like, I mean, my entire knowledge of Achilles and Patroclus comes from that book and from the Iliad, which I didn't find as interesting as the Odyssey, so I only kind of Mm. paid attention to it. But in the Song of Achilles, Achilles and Patroclus are, like, raised in the mountains by a satyr who's, like, their older mentor, wisdom teacher Mm. dude, and then, like, I think he gets killed. Oh, uh, like, so, yeah. I kind of think that the the idea of the um, satyrs is kind of off of that, like, that mentorship that happens for the, the boys of ancient Greece, of these guys were teaching them philosophy as well as whatnot, and I think it was kind of a way, like, the idea of, well, it's kind of, this is not Greek entirely, but the idea of werewolves or, like, the wolf in R- Little Red Riding Hood is actually attributed of it's supposed to be an actual person, but the only way to show kind of, like, the disgusting nature and the animalistic nature of human beings is to attribute it to an animal instead. So then that's where the kind of the creation of werewolves came from or the wolf in Little Red Riding Hood. So I kind of see it as I wouldn't be surprised if the satyrs are the personification of these men mentors that use their apprentices for not great things but also we're teaching them because all I notice that a lot of the time in mythology and the stories, satyrs are all, always seeming to be a mentor of some sort. Yeah, I, I really hope that there's some like common character that that can originally be attributed back to, kind of like mm-hmm. how all blind poets can be attributed back to the one guy I can't remember his name, but like. All the blind poets can be attributed back to the one guy who's a character in the Odyssey, and it's just become like an archetype. I hope that mm-hmm. that's the case, as opposed to, oh, this is the general way that we personify, um... Really shitty people. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, not a great Yeah, really interesting to, like, trace character archetypes back to, like, the first character that was written like that, and then everyone else thought, oh, this is a good idea, this is a good way to, like portray this character trait Mm -hmm. as a part of a character and everybody started using it like that's Mm -hmm. interesting that's fun sorry you start (laughs) what's that (laughs) oh sorry you reminded me with blind 
poets and whatnot. So one of the other myths, and this is another reason why people make Dionysus fairly queer as shit, is effectively Dionysus decided, you know what, I'm a god. I'm gonna, I love my mother a lot, even though I didn't know her. I'm gonna get her from the underworld, and I'm gonna bring her back. Kind of very similarly to Orpheus and Eurydice. In ancient Greek myth, um, the location of Olympus and the underworld is actually physical places. Like, the idea is, is that Mount Olympus, and if you keep going to the top, past the clouds, you're gonna get to Olympus, kind of idea. But no one could literally climb that mountain, so it's like you couldn't absolutely know for certain. Mm-hmm. But um, same thing with the underworld. The underworld had usually mouths <laughs> and whatnot and rock formations that you could go through and slowly go to the underworld. So he decided that, okay, I'm going to bring my mother back, but I don't know how to get into the underworld. He, I don't remember this dude's name, but he is a blind dude who brings... Teresius, that's his name. I don't know. It's, I'm not okay. so certain. But, because again, <laughs> like, the my... <laughs> Basically what happens is that Dionys is like, yo, you can show me this. And he's like, yes, I can't, but I want you to be my lover. <laughs> and Dionysus is like, okay, sure, alrighty, you show me where this is and I'll keep that promise. So he goes and he gets his mother and it's like, alright, come with me. And I don't know what Hades was thinking throughout all of this, but I'm gonna guess he'd go, whatever. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and Dionysus comes back with his mother and he puts her like in Olympus as a goddess herself. I can't remember, her name's like Throw or something. But when he comes back, he realizes, shit, this blind dude that I promised to be his lover, he's dead. He just died during the process of, like, Dionysus being in the underworld. So, as to keep his promise, he fashions a dick out of either oak or whatnot, sits on the dude's tomb, and fucks it. He leaves a dildo on this guy's grave. (laughs) Yes. Big mood. (laughs) And uses it. So, um... And And uses it. Oh my god. Yes, he uses it. hard. (laughs) I love him to bits. He's just... He's a mess. He's just... Oh. He also has a wife, despite the fact that no one really talks about it. But, like, they're in... This is the only kind of, like... He has a wife, but they're both chill. Like, the whole idea is that he married her, and she just wanted to be, like, a free woman. She loved him a lot, and he's like, I love you too, but I also gotta have sex with all these ladies. So it's like, sweet! <laughs> so she became a main ed as well. <laughs> nice. Damn. Dionysus but, um, has, like, a good life. I'm kind of jealous. Oh, he does. Um, oh, boy. So you were asking me about, wow, that was a long time ago, of worshipping. So that's kind of the idea, is, like, You would bring, um, there's actually like a whole huge thing, which when you try to be as close to the ancient religion as possible, you are called a reconstructionist or a recon. Uh, Hellenic polytheist um, reconstructionist, though that name is in a discourse at the moment. Um, Pagan discourse is hell. (laughs) Wow. Um, but effectively, the idea is, is that um, each, there's like literally from what we can tell of stuff that was written down is there was a bunch of stuff that you had to do. And what you would do is you would come to a temple, you'd wash your hands, wash your face to purify yourself of all the gunk from living, effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, you would come to an altar that was strewn with barley to like cleanse it. I don't know how that works. Um, And then effectively you would pour libations, like I said, which would either be olive oil, water, or wine. Mixed wine, if I'm correct, though it might have been unmixed. Um, And then effectively you would give your prayers, which you would do your epithets like, um, goodness gracious, I have like a I'm going to use Hecate, who is also another goddess that is resides in the underworld with Persephone and Hades of witchcraft and so on and so forth, because this is the only, like, hymn of hers that I know more or less, which is, um, it's like Hecate, um, Triodysis, lovely dame of earthly, watery, uh, ugh, earthy, watery, and celestial frame, saffron veiled with dark spirits in your array, and you'd go on and so forth to, like, Literally, you're just being like, yo, I see you, you're here, 
And then you would give offerings of incense, usually frankincense, though Dionysus has pine, which I have going right now, which is probably helping me get high. But um, (laughs) you would do that. You would then sacrifice either food, um, the libations itself, um, usually by burning like cattle or food pieces. And then you would usually share some of that if it's an Oranic deity. So that's all the people up in um, Olympus. Meanwhile, if it's a Chthonic deity, which is of the ground is literally what that means, is that's Hades, Hecate, and Persephone. The -hmm. idea is you don't drink and you don't eat that shit because it's the idea of you're eating the stuff of the dead and you don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. So you would either bury that or pour it out kind of idea so that's how someone would worship the deities and usually they kind of like just meditate or whatnot and so some people now still do it or some people just go okay i'm gonna do some of that but not all of that and the other reason why dionysus is a big draw for people is that a lot of people mention that when they are worshiping deities they feel a quote-unquote need to cleanse with kernips is the water substance which you purify and whatnot with salt and um, burning herbs. And that can sometimes be really, like, scary to do. But Dionysus, because he is a god that is specifically mentioned as being mad, he doesn't care about that miasma, as it's called. A lot of, like, JRPGs use this as, like, (laughs) death stuff, effectively. Um, so that was another reason why, at least for me, I went to Dionysus first, because it's like, well, I'm a mentally ill person with ADHD, and I can't get myself perfect, and you don't care about that. So, like... Nice. That was kind of the idea. And then you either go through talking to the deity through, um, cards, so tarot cards, or pendulum, which is a thing that just swings back and forth for yes or no, Mm -hmm. or... As the pagan group calls it, a god phone. What? <laughs> this, this is just making me think of, in Breath of the West, the fantasy iPhone. <laughs> a god phone is effectively... Love on Zelda, Breath of the West. <laughs> Breath of the West. Um, so a god phone is basically... I'm going to use Charlie for this, because this it, it works well. So let's say Charlie is just sitting back playing Quantum Break, as I anticipate Charlie does. Mm-hmm. Um so, and he's sitting there, and he's watching, like, one of the episodic things, and he's like, wow, Sean Ashmore is a really good actor, and so is Aiden Gill- Gillen. <laughs> so, basically, Charlie is sitting there, and he decides to, like, sit back, and he's like, yo, Dionysus, this is, like, a really great, because Dionysus is also the Greek god of theater. He mm-hmm. sits back and go, Aiden Gill- Gillen and Sean Ashmore are really good actors, and I love this game, and it pulls my heartstrings. Thank you. And what do you think about Sean Ashmore's, like, performance? And as Charlie is sitting back, Dionysus will be like, well, yeah, he's a good actor, and yeah, he looks kind of cute, and so on and so forth. It is literally calling up a god and having them answer you. I do not have this. Hold your horses. This is a thing that people experience. They're just like, oh, yeah, Dionysus called me on the phone today and wanted to talk about (laughs) hot boys. (laughs) Is it a a physical item that is a phone or like, what is this thing? So it's literally, so you know if you sit back and you just daydream? Like you're sitting there and you might look out a window and you think about stories or like, other stuff and you're not doing anything you're not physically doing anything and you're not like doing it like you're just sitting there and you're thinking of stuff and stuff is coming at you that is basically what it is a lot ish people experience this but again as being someone who's mentally ill the idea of like a voice that is not specifically my own in my head scares the shit out of me so i don't have it okay i see <laughs> Relatable so, <yeah>. mood. <laughs> so, like, oh. um, do people who uh, do this do they have items that like enhances this? So, like, not like a literal phone, but like getting this high. Is the abstract idea of my phone that I'm holding right yeah. now. No, they they get high usually. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> so this the the same idea is kind of like the oracles. That's another thing in Greek mythology and like everything. Oracles are a big thing. Like. The idea of it also has to do with the fates is, like, three women that spin out your fate and, like, Mm -hmm. chop it off to, like, make it so that's your time. 
the idea is because these ladies are there, you can actually know what is to happen. So a lot of the epics use oracles, like how Achilles tried to get out of the Trojan War because, or rather his mother tried to get him out of the war, is because an oracle told her, hey, your son's going to make a good name for himself, but he's going to die in the process. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of the idea is it's like the, the oracles of the time, like, y- like you're like contacting the gods themselves through usually getting high or some people just, I know of someone who has like a two twenty four seven God phone with Aphrodite and I don't know how they can do it where like they literally just sit there and she'll talk to them ever so often. And it's like, what the? but that's, so this okay. is. That sounds like it could either be, like, terrifying or, like, kind of comforting and nice. Like, just yeah. to constantly have a friend. I preface it by, I don't have this. I have never heard of God. And mostly, the other thing that always puts me off is it kind of gives people the ability to be like, this is what this God says. And it's like, I have already had to deal with priests. I'm good. Thank you very sure. much. Um, so... That is one way, or if you don't have a god phone, you kind of do stuff, and then you kind of go based on gut feeling, which is like, you stick something on an altar, or you're like, hey, here's a, here's an offering for you, I hope you like it, and it's either they're fine, or hey, you get really happy afterwards, or you get like, oh man, I feel really uncomfortable, shit, I gotta take that off, that's not what, it, like, mm-hmm. that is not liked, kind of idea. Same thing, like, the way that I kind of perceive it is like, when someone tell like it's like a gut feeling or like try- if I'm walking through like a grocery store and I suddenly start craving something like a pregnant person, it's like, huh, that might be not me, possibly. Yeah. The gods want you to buy mostly put on the altar for them. <laughs> uh, well, I will mention I do have Hershey's kisses, so you know. <laughs> Okay. Dionysus wants chocolate. <laughs> no, there, there's a there's a bottle there's a bottle of wine that never gets touched on there, so you know. Okay, I had a question a second ago, but it's fled my mind. Give me one second Uh-oh. to see if I can call it. <laughs> um. Oh, I realized the thing that made me really excited, which was the tale, the myth of someone like becoming a star after fl- throwing themselves off of a cliff. I realized that got messed up a little bit. As well as making Dionysus mad, because um, I know and all of her sisters was basically like, oh yeah, Samil, she lied about the fact that like Zeus fucked her and Dionysus is, yeah, no, it's it's all right. So Hera made them mad as well, mostly her husband, um, I know's husband, who started to hack up his children effectively, and in fear, I know took one of her children and threw herself off of a cliff. Then becoming a deity of the sea. Um, And I mixed her up with another Dionysus myth in which I don't know if his name's Icarus, but it looks like Icarus. It's not the same Icarus of the sun and wax feathers, dude. Sure. He's a a shepherd that Dionysus brought wine to. He's like, here's the vine and whatnot. And here, share it with your friends. So this Icarus, I'm going to say his name is that, is basically gave it to his friends, a bunch of shepherds, and they drank so much that they collapsed. Their families thought that Icarus had killed them and poisoned them. So they killed him because they got mad because, dude, you poison our dudes. It's like, no, actually, they're just drunk off their horses and have never had wine before. So they kill this dude. And this dog that is very loyal to him goes kind of like, oh no, my master is now dead, so I'm gonna, like, go to his daughter and tell her that this has happened. So, basically, is Timmy in the well? He <laughs> takes he takes the daughter to Icarus, where he was just left and not given a good burial, because, of course, you have to be buried with, like, money, like, two pen- two p- pieces of coin to pay the ferryman to get into Hades. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Unfortunately, um, because they didn't do that, she was upset. And she's so bereaved that she actually hangs herself because she doesn't know what to do. And when she does this, actually, before she does it, she's so mad at the people of her town that she hopes that Diana, like, basically was like, I hope everyone else goes mad as well. So as kind of like, because Dionysus liked this dude, 
As she's dying, Dionysus makes it so all of the women of the town go crazy and also do the same thing as this young girl is doing. And out, yeah, out of sadness, this dog, which its name is Mara, I think, is so sad because now its owner is dead and so is his daughter. It flings itself off a cliff because it is so sad and because it's a very good boy. And Dionysus goes, no, well, hold on. He actually takes Icarus and puts him in the constellations as boats, boots, B-O-T-E-S. It's a constellation that we can see. And also, because this dog was such a good boy, also sticks him in the constellations as Canis Minor. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. That's very nice. That's some of the nice things. Um, And also to kind of get away from, like, upsetting stuff one of the um retellings of a myth to make it kind of sound better because zeus does his thing where he likes to seduce people as animals because he's a big old furry um (laughs) wait who is this so zeus it's actually um about him and hera falling in love the original myth is effectively zeus actually like seduces hera in the form of a cuckoo bird Now, so one of the retellings of this to make it a little bit nicer and kind of align, like, because again, the myths of ancient Greece aligned with the culture and to make it align with our culture, the idea is, is that Zeus goes around and kind of also true is he actually had a few wives before Hera or just lovers in general and had like a bunch of kids and but he sees Hera, and because she's, like, she's beautiful, and she's in a garden and whatnot. There's a lot of gods falling in love with another, one another in gardens, because Persephone and Hades did that as well. But um, he, he loves her and whatnot, or, like, he sees her, and she's so beautiful, and he wants to go and, like, talk to her. But knowing his reputation, Hera's like, no, fuck you, get out of here kind of idea. I don't want to see you, because I want... if. I am to have a man after me. I want to be married. I want to, like, I want love. I don't, I'm not interested in just being fucked and whatnot. So Zeus goes away and tries to figure out what the hell to do because Hera will literally not talk to him, won't let him anywhere near her. So he makes himself into the form of a cuckoo bird and kind of comes over and sings. And Hera's like, oh, this is quite nice. And basically is like, oh, you're such an adorable songbird. Be my songbird. Sit with me every day. And I will, like, she feeds it berries and everything. And basically for a hundred years, they do this day in and day out. And so, like, Zeus is just lovely to sit next to her and sit on her shoulder and make her laugh because she likes his singing. And then as, like, Zeus is just chilling whatnot with her as a cuckoo bird, she goes, I didn't anticipate, uh, my lord, that you would feel such as this because she actually could tell that it was Zeus as a cuckoo bird and thought that this was just a dalliance of his. But because he did it day in and day out for a hundred years, he she actually believed his ability effectively to love her and like her, like he was actually doing it not to get somewhere because he never showed himself to her and so that's kind of the idea of like he promises to her like okay well we'll be like you will be the queen of olympus and you will have my love even though i might go to others you will be my wife no matter what that's really nice yeah that's surprisingly charming everything i've ever heard about zeus makes him out to be like the horny boy tm (laughs) who doesn't give a fuck but, like, that's very cute. I yeah. I am enjoying the mental image of Big Buff Zeus as Tiny Bird sitting <laughs> on someone's shoulder. That's good. Yeah, that, that's one of Zeus's birds that he has, effectively. And so, like, that's kind of, like, to show, like, because, again, the myths are only written by people. We are allowed to kind of rewrite them. Though, again, more pagan discourse people are like, no, you can't touch them. It's like, well, then how will others like this? And how can I be, like, comfortable with this? Main reason why I don't touch Poseidon with a ten-foot pull. I remembered the question I had. Okay, so um, my... I don't know a lot about paganism at all. Mm. Only what I observe people talking about on Tumblr and Twitter. My understanding is that a large part of worshipping the Greek gods is like giving them offerings and in return they like 
help you in some way. Is that true? Yes. It's called, this is the only Greek word I know. It's called charis. And it technically is also part of the ancient Greek um, way of, you know, helping. The idea is, is that like, it's a mixture of like, a not necessarily a working relationship, but it's like the, I lo- like, if I was to say like, Apollo is the god of medicine. So like my friend is sick or something and I go and I bring stuff that I know that Apollo would like, which could be either music because he's also the god of music and then like incense offerings, libations and food. And it's effectively like payment kind of idea of like Apollo help this family member of mine get better. I am very worried, so on and so forth. And then you wait it out. That person gets better. And then the idea is, is that you then follow up and you give more libations, incense as a, hey, thank you for helping me kind of thing. And it, it's this payment back and forth kind of idea. So offerings are a big part of the idea or devotions, which could okay. either be um, songs, hymns, or as we're doing right now, this is definitely a um, Dionysus uh, devotion, getting drunk and talking <laughs> about stuff. And it's a devotion to Hermes because Hermes is the god of communication and so is the um and well communication both written and talked and so on and so forth I see him I see him very much as a god of podcasts (laughs) (laughs) Hermes Hermes. the god of podcasts that um that seems like it would be a good note to end on do you have a lot more that you want to say do we need to make this into another two-parter 